0: Hello, I'm John Cain, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, January 28th. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. We kind of break the rules here for Native radio. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take, take a tough look at history, oppression, survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity, and we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all the critical thinking that to all that is heaped upon us, and we do it all right here live from the Kateraugis Territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk Native. But first, let me remind people that our audio streams uh, live at www.letstalknative.com. We have live video streaming of the show on Facebook uh, via Facebook Live on our Facebook group pages. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud, so it goes on to all your favorite podcast platforms, including. Spotify, uh, kind of a new edition, and we take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel which is Let's Talk Native TV, so I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channels, uh, you can follow us on uh, on Instagram at Let's Talk Native uh, TV and you can follow us on Twitter at uh, uh, Let's Talk Native. Um, look, I'm the producer of the show, uh, I'm joined in studio here by Jake Proud who's managing our audio and our video and uh, well, let me, let me get right, right into it. Yesterday was the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. So, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's, it was the end of what is called the Holocaust. You know, some call it the Jewish Holocaust, although I think that's narrower than it needs to be. But it was certainly the end of the genocide perpetrated by Nazi Germany. They have an end date. I mean, it, it, they can say this is the day. It can't do that. You know, there were there were live people that were that were liberated. There were obviously. You know uh, just terrible scenes that were uncovered but you know the reason to mark the 75th anniversary is so they always say so so we never forget I mean I wore my my I think the last show I wore my shirt says get over it because that's what we're told but then there's certain things in history that we're saying never forget but in spite of the whole never forget thing about Auschwitz many people still don't know that there were that there were other people besides Jewish people who were who were murdered there uh, the people who are called the Roma which are really um, immigrants to Europe from from the India area in the in the in the you know in the Middle Ages so people of color they're brown people essentially who you know and people call them the Moors they call them uh, you know gypsies they call them all you know all kinds of other names uh, some mistakenly some not so mistakenly get attributed to the people but they were killed they were considered less than human not just not just jewish people and to to demonstrate just how wrong or uh, how much those people are forgotten you know look people will will put a number to how many how many uh, jewish people were were um murdered yeah, uh by nazi germany but if you if you look at the um the israel uh, holocaust museum they say um probably 200,000 uh, uh Roma. Uh if you go to the, the US Holocaust Museum they say well, oh, have 250,000. But m- most scholars who have who really looked at it say that the number is probably closer to half a million. Just the idea that there's that much disparity shows you how dismissive even looking at again the Holocaust, the uh you know what what took place in Auschwitz and, and so many other places. Uh, it, it's it's I, I don't know. It, it it still ends up being a tragedy if you don't if you discount the people people other than just than one ethnic group as as the victims of this thing. Of course, having said that, <laughs> it you know in in a way the idea that you can say that on you know January your twenty know, seventh seventy five years ago the genocide ended the the Holocaust ended. The problem that I have is. What's our end date? When when do we say the American genocide, the American Holocaust has ended? When what's the date? I mean, really, what's the date? I mean, what's the start date? Well, the start date's got to be 1492 when Columbus lands uh, in in the Caribbean. That's got to because that's when the the genocide began. But when did it end? I mean, in this genocide, who was it perpetrated by? No, not by one country you know by by spain you know by france by uh you know the uk by the dutch the americans the canadians and i don't mean just the governments i mean the people i mean we we look and and we can look at some of the massacres that took place in the caribbean we can and, and what took place in south america we can we can go through "Quote unquote American history," which they I mean U.S. history, and and look at what took place, you know, um, with the Pequots and and what took uh, Massasoit and 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 what the what the British colonies did. We can talk about what the uh, what the young American colonies did, uh, the Naden the uh massacre, the Moravian massacres, what the Dutch did in Manhattan, massacring the the Lenape. We we can cite all of those things, but they never come to an end because somebody else follows up by killing more Native people. I mean, I, I spoke in the last show about what's considered the, the 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 California chapter of the American genocide, and of course, that even has two parts. That's that has all the Native people who were killed at, at the hands of um, of Spanish rule, and even when, when Mexico got its liberation, it was still you know uh, the the remnants of Spanish rule that were still. Um, enslaving and murdering uh, native people the population of native people you know dropped from anywhere from you know a half a million you know people down to uh, you know 100,000 and of course once the americans uh you know uh, discovered gold uh, then it was wiping wiping down the population wiping out the population down to you know maybe a 10,000 i mean so that's the 1850s you know, we haven't even gotten to um the Sand Creek massacre. You know, a lot of the other bloody conflicts where where you know men, women, and children were were executed, and and not just in a, in a in a war. I mean, slaughters, massacres. I mean, we're you know we're guys like a, a Christian uh, minister uh, who would become a general, Shivington, would say, "Nits make lice." That's why you got to kill the nits. That's why you kill children, and he, and and he called out anybody who would defend um, native native people. Anybody who's not with me in killing Indians, he goes, uh, they can burn in hell too. So that's you know, that's in the eighteen sixties. You, you get all. I mean, it, what people want to try to do is say, well, we can bookend, we we can put a uh, put an uh, an end date to the last massacre, and call it the Wounded Knee Massacre of, of seventeen uh, of eighteen ninety. Yeah, you could do that, but the problem is native people kept dying. In fact, today, we still have missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and men. We still have uh, you know um suicide that is almost epidemic in proportion. We've got death by cop that 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 proportionally native people represent the highest rates of death by uh, by police officers of any other group. We have imprisonment. We, we have, you know, the, 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 numbers associated with, um, with prison population. As a percentage of our population, we, we, we surpass everybody, including, you know, everybody talks about, you know, the disproportionate number of black people in prison. But compared to our population, we blow that out of the way. in, in US and Canada. Now, the other thing to, to keep in mind is that assimilation is still genocide. And I don't mean just assimilation, you know, like the residential schools. Clearly, that was genocide, and and we recognize that as assimilation. But even the more subtle things, and, and I've talked about this recently, even, even at the U.N., Ed, Ed Schindler and I went down to the U.N. and talked about the fact that the international community won't recognize our right to create our own travel documents and identify ourselves. That the, that the entire global, uh, international population says, well, yeah, travel with the U.S. Po- passport. Just, just de- de- declare you are a U.S. citizen. <laughs> that same international community would recognize in 1913, 1911, that the idea of stripping somebody's national character away was a war crime. They say denationalization, which would, which would actually be absorbed into the, into the term genocide, is a war crime. The idea of stripping away somebody's national character and imposing another uh, um, cultural or natural char- character in their place. So, I mean, the obvious thing, the obvious answer to, to what is the, the end date to the American genocide is that there isn't one. That it continues. We are still under a constant pressure, so, and sometimes by our own people. I mean, look let's not let anybody skate on this you know on this vote in american elections run for american office hell even this um the census thing is is becoming a big issue now should native people participate in in the u.s census well what's the u.s census for i'll tell you what it's for it's for apportionment of congressional representation and for um you know funding but maybe more for the, for the, former than the latter. It become, became, uh, apportionment for funding later. But you know what? The funding that comes to native, to native people it shouldn't come from, uh, from, of census information. It should be, it should come from the, the obligations that the United States has towards native people. You know, some of them are treaty obligations. Some of them are, are more general because of, of land sessions and that kind of stuff. How we are enumerated in a in a U.S. census shouldn't determine what funding comes to a native territory. That's an obligation. That you know we aren't. I mean, to, to, to just flat out count us as Americans again—that's denationalization. That's genocide. So when does the American Holocaust end? Well, what we can say, you know, the the bloodbaths may have ended in 1890. At, the, at least at the hands of the government, at the hands of the military. But let's not forget 18, 1920 with the with the Osage murders, and 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 all of the murdering, and, and the fact that that Native women, in spite of whatever laws, if you don't enforce the laws, then is something really illegal? If a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, does it make a sound? Well, if you can kidnap or rape a Native woman. Knowing that you're never going to get prosecuted, is it really illegal? If not, then it's genocide because you're looking the other way. And it's the same thing for the, for the men who have been brutally and savagely beaten and murdered, lynched, you know, you know, it's not just black people that have been lynched. Foster care, adoption, the, the sixties scoop, all of this stuff. You know, again, residential schools. The fact of the matter is, not only is the American genocide not acknowledged, I mean, most Americans wouldn't even know what you're talking about if you said that. But folks who know about genocide, who know about Holocaust, the the, the Jewish community, many in the Jewish community resent the notion that Native people would call their experience a genocide. And, and and worse yet they resent that we would use their word holocaust they don't even want to extend the word their word holocaust to accurately reflect how many of uh, of the roma people were were killed let alone let it apply to something that transcends you know what the the jewish people experienced at the hands of the nazis look i've got a bit of a story here um because it, this kind of puts it in a bit of perspective, and I'll I'll admit when when I when this first story was first published, um, I mean, it, it it about choked me up. And I know that doesn't sound like a very tough guy, right? But um, let me give you a little background. I got a friend a friend named Jed Morey. He um uh, he owned the Long Island Press. He you know he's he's, he's a newsman and he's a newspaper guy. Um, now they're doing a website and piece for the life. Of me, I can't even think of it. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll look it up during the break. Uh, they've got a new. They they got a new website anyway that, he, that he's involved in, um, but um, he was the publisher of the Long Island Press and, and he covered a lot of the, the the native tobacco battles with New York State. So he was going to be a guest on my show. So I was going to have Jed uh, join me. So we had caught up a little bit um, prior to doing to doing the show together. But as I was talking to him, I said, hey, did you see this thing that just, and, and let me give you some perspective uh, um, on dates anyway. Um, this was back in uh, uh, April of 2011. So we're, we're going back a ways, 2011. I said, did you see this thing that Fox News ran with with this moron of a reporter called John Stossel? Uh, he, did, he did this thing called, uh, he was doing this series, he called it Freeloaders. So he was doing this whole story about what freeloaders native people are. And you know go, goes on and on about us being wards of the state, and just just really spewing all kinds of vitriol against against native people. I mean, it, it was it was really pathetic. But I asked Jed Moore, and, he, and he's like, "Who's John Stossel?" He didn't even know who he was. I, I'm, regrettably, I knew who he, who he was before this, but uh, but anyway. So he checks this this thing out, and he checks out the video, and and is really disgusted by it. Um, you know, and again, he refers to John Stossel as. You know, guy donning a nineteen eighties porn mustache, which which he really does. Um, but um, he, he, I mean, he spent a little bit of time explaining um, what the story was, and, and basically, again, it was it was all about calling um, calling native people down as wards of the state, and why can't they live like the Amish people and be successful by being you know you know autonomous? It, it was it was really just kind of it, it was really sickening. But anyway. So, what Jed Morey wrote was a piece that kind of addressed a little bit of that, but then gets to a, gets to a place that I thought was even more meaningful. And he says, "I neither have time, or the neither the time nor the inclination to de- detail the copious ways in which Stossel lies through his cheesy mustache in the shameless report. I've wasted too much effort uh, on this low life bastard already. Instead, I leave you." with the perspective I gained from witnessing the perfect counterpoint to this dripping filth. He said, Tuesday night, my wife and I attended an event at the Holocaust Memorial Tolerance Center of Nassau County to hear Eli Rosenbaum speak. Rosenbaum, who hails from Westbury, is the Director of Human Rights and Special Prosecutions for the U.S. Department of Justice and has the distinction of being the longest-serving prosecutor and investigator of Nazi criminals and other genocide perpetrators in history. His presentation was brilliant and captivating, but it was the courageous testimony of Eugenie Mukushimana, a survivor of the Rwanda genocide, who spoke before him that broke the hearts of every person in attendance. He said, What struck me most as I sat down to pen this column, And what the column gods undoubtedly intended me to experience in this period was not as obvious as you might think. The obvious parable is the dichotomy between Stossel's blatant racism and transparent hatred and the purity of Rosenbaum's work and the tragedy of Mukushimano's story. But it's John Kane's perspective that broke through to me and perhaps saddened me the most. No matter what I write here or how many dots are ever connected in the minds of in in people's minds about life in Indian country there will never come a time when the majority of Americans recognize the genocide hidden in plain sight the American Holocaust this is how Indians like John Cain refer to it and casually so because for them it is a living history an ever present reality but it isn't spoken of or acknowledged in white circles There's no one for Eli Rosenbaum to prosecute. There's no Indian Mukishamana who can testify to the atrocities. As Americans, we observe ourselves as liberators, and in, in many cases throughout history, we have been indeed. We go so far as to blame ourselves for not having intervened in such places as Rwanda. But our national guilt ends there. And while I was simultaneously bursting with pride last night listening to Eli Rosenbaum, a Long Islander, one of us, and breaking with sorrow breaking with sorrow for Eugenie Mukushimana, I must admit to what is perhaps the grossest of human emotions: envy. I was envious that there are good souls in the world who value human life enough to listen, understand and learn. Envious that there are people like Rosenbaum who selflessly dedicate their lives to justice, no matter how belated it may be. Envious, because neither exists for the invisible indigenous people of our nation, considered by Stossel, and I'm sure many others, as wards of the state. So that was that was written by Jed Mori, And, uh, you know, I really appreciate him. You know, I, I oftentimes talk about the show as something that is supposed to start conversations and encourage conversations you, and that's what Jed Mori did here he took you know again took the cue from checking out what this moron had written this John Stossel and then put it in perspective based on what his experience as as a person who's half Jewish himself and obviously an American I mean as I'm reading this thing remember these are his words not mine uh, I would never call myself an Indian <laughs> But but um the fact that that even going to something that that is supposed to you know teach about holocaust and realizing that no matter how many dots are connected people will, won't ever see it now i got i got to say something for the record here when i talked about the 49ers the other day i i talked about how gavin newsom the the governor of california had um on on an occasion talked about you know uh, the gold rush as something positive well i also found uh, you know places where he had issued an apology to what he called the genocide so you know, to, to the extent that I I beat up a little bit on uh, you know on on Gavin Newsom about this um uh about how he characterized the gold rush he would at some point acknowledge the genocide and and, and put and he put some numbers to it and you know and made, made a, a real public apology I guess not for his um, you know, mischaracterization, but just for the the historical truth of what Native people experienced in California. So he called it a genocide. Doesn't mean it's in the textbooks. Doesn't mean that we're going to have the meaningful conversation. And and like I said, what Jed doesn't address here is that our genocide continues. I mean, it may not be the what the war crimes that people think it is of course the international community coming out of you know again not only world war one but world war two would talk about this idea of denationalization stripping away somebody's national character and calling that a war crime and in fact the the definitions of genocide include creating the conditions that make a people cease to exist or, or to cease to continue to exist which means assimilation. If you go out of your way to make a people no longer have distinction, you know, even something as simple as a passport. If you tell people that they cannot carry an identification that lists them by what what we identify ourselves as, but rather we got to put ourselves down as Canadians or, or, or Americans. Uh, that is, by definition would be would be considered a war crime because it, it it constitutes denationalization, stripping away our 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 right to to identify ourselves. And it's not like we're making something up. We're not creating some some new identity. Our identity predates. It, in fact, it predates many of the countries that exist today. I mean, you look across the across the world. Look at how many countries exist today new names made up <laughs> countries that existed that didn't exist when uh, when when before european contact here i'm not just talking about the united states many of these countries i'm not saying they, there aren't countries that were formed out of you know out of certain distinct peoples but in terms of nation states that that didn't exist in 1492 <laughs> there's a whole lot of them folks so we're not talking trying trying to create a you know some brand new identity. We're we're trying to just assert the free and free and independent existence that we had prior to European contact. That's all we've ever tried to do, and it's all we continue to do. So when when I ask that question, what's the end date? When when does the the American genocide end? Because I don't think we can put an end date to it. There isn't an end date. It continues every day. Look, we're battling a, 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 you know, a governor from the Democratic party in, in New York. We see a governor from the Republican party in Oklahoma, you know, fighting Native people over, over gaming revenue, trying to, st- literally trying to take money away from a people who barely, if at all, have lift, we've been able to lift ourselves out of at least the financial poverty. I'm not just talking about quality of life. I'm talking about dollars and cents. We've got republic. We got governors from two different parties that are trying to, you know, screw us again. We have we have governments that refuse to acknowledge the injustices that take place: death by cop, missing and murdered Indigenous women. I mean, when I, when I look at how people have characterized Native people, even people who claim to want to be do-gooders. Look, I see how people characterize us and and they can't even they can't even begin to wrap their hand their heads around why the conditions on native territory are the way they are it's so there's a part of me that suggests they must really believe we're inferior i mean this is what racism is folks if you have to default to the belief that native people are just inferior as the reason that we we have such poverty that that we we have conditions on our territories that are so terrible it's because you're a racist i mean look there's no other way to describe it and then you have the gall to create some other image you know like historically that we weren't this this you know what frank al frank baum call us the the uh what what remain are a pack of whining cur that licks the hand that smites us or smites them? <laughs> that's 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 how Alfred Baum described us. As if we were a noble people, we were a people that that warranted admiration, but we aren't anymore. Now we're just a bunch of you know, whining cur that licks the hand that smites us. I mean that's and and that we would be better off being annihilated. I mean, if you look at people and you can say, oh, man, those people are just pathetic. They're, I mean, they'd be better off dead. That was 1890 that that, that, um, that that thought came up. But every year leading up to that, there was a, a, a broad-based consensus. I mean, look, I mentioned it in the last show, the, the California gold rush, they were still paying bounties for our scalps. Men, women, and children they again that whole nits make lice" that exact quote was reused by uh, by Hitler as justification for killing little little children, the the, uh, the Roma people, little Roma children, little Jewish children. He got some of his ideas from uh, from the American genocide the behavior of the United States gave Hitler rationale for what he was doing. Ridding, depopulating. That's hard to believe that's even a word, depopulating. You say that because it sounds like, like that's not murder. Depopulating to wipe out people, not just move them. It's when, depopulation isn't about relocation. Depopulation is ending a population. Deforestation isn't about moving forests; it's about eliminating forests. So when's our end date? You know, I put I posted up there. What's, what's it say? 1492 till to, to when? What's the American genocide? What, what when does it end? I guess that we've got to get there yet. <laughs> we, we aren't there yet, but we are at the bottom of the hour. So we'll take a break and we'll come back. Um, yeah. My thanks to Jed Mori for that, that piece, by the way, before I go off here, I still have a, uh, a blog site that you can go to. It's called let's talk native pride dot com. That's how you can find it. If you look up, let's talk native pride, you'll find it. I haven't entered much on there I mean I kind of gave that up as I moved into into radio um in a in a bigger way but I still got a lot of articles, and you can find this piece by Jed Mori. You know, he, he it's labeled as the American genocide. You can find it and his whole the full story. But there's a lot of good stuff on there. In fact, I'm going to revisit some of that and maybe dust off some of those things for for some show topics as I go forward. Um, but anyway, check check that out. It was my Native Pride blog back in the day, and it's what I did before I got uh, started doing you know podcasts and radio and that kind of stuff. All right, we'll take a break. This is John Cain. This is Let's Talk Native. Back in a minute. all right thanks for coming back this is john kane uh, hey during the break we were showing you some of the the shirts we have up on our store if you go to com slash store you'll uh, you can go to a link and you'll see these are shirts that we are uh collaborating with teespring to produce uh, some of them are you know logos of the show and uh, some of them are also some of the creative work of uh, that jake proud has put together using some historical images uh, some of the things we talk about here on the show like lincoln lincoln and bomb and and so many others um uh some of these shirts are intentionally cringeworthy that's the whole point and um they are to drive home a message and so if you want to support the show and you want to you know wear some apparel that uh, makes a statement by all means visit our uh our store which uh, will it, it'll link you back to back to teespring so you can put in an order in and, and they'll they'll fulfill the order you're not sending me the money we'll we we'll get some revenue back from it but um to support what we're doing here but uh by all means go to the store um hey i want to i want to um acknowledge my my sponsor's thank my sponsors i want to thank ross and holly john and the rje family of business i want to congratulate ross and holly on their brand new grandchild uh- I think born today. I think they had a new grandson today. So, um, sorry, I don't even have the name. I guess I should have taken the time to do that. But, uh, uh, I know they've been waiting for over a week for this, this grandson to make an appearance and, uh, and that he has done. So congratulations to Ross and Holly John. I also want to thank Eric White and ERW Enterprises. Um, I, I want to thank the folks at uh, Grand River Enterprises as well as, uh, and, uh, uh, Native Wholesale Supply. You, th- these are the guys who, um, who, Uh, provide me either weekly or monthly uh um sponsorship to enable me to do the show pay our bills and you know and little by little it's funny when we first when we first took over doing uh doing our own show out of our own studio um We had very little overhead, (laughs) but little by little, it's like we had to get better internet. We had to pay for some subscriptions here. We had to expand our, uh, you know, a paid subscription to YouTube, a paid subscription to, you know, to some of the music that we get, all these things. So everything, everything kind of adds up. And so getting the, the support that we get on an ongoing basis from, uh, from Ross and Holly, Eric and, uh, and the folks at Grand River Enterprises, that's what enables us to do this on a weekly basis. Now, Look and I say this all the time. We are not a viral sensation. I know the folks who listen to this show and catch us you know, you know, if not just live, but even after the fact. you guys are the ones who are really trying to learn something here and and I'm trying to present something that you're probably not going to hear anywhere else. Now, you can verify whatever I say here. you can and, and in fact, you should don't look if you watch anything on the internet, podcasts or otherwise, if you see something and it intrigues you or if it offends you then it's on you to verify that you know the stuff that i'm telling you is true i'm going to tell you it's true but it's on you to to do some research and look the internet makes everything real easy to research so if i if i give a fact or a figure if i you know throw something out there or make uh, make a charge against somebody you can, you can verify it and um and i encourage you to do that because look if you find something that i've said that i've mischaracterized then then please correct me let me and i'll I'm not so much into the whole apology thing, but I'll i acknowledge that I made a mistake, and um and make sure that I don't continue to to say something wrong. So I, I want to put that out there. Look, I want to thank you guys who uh, who share the show. Um, uh, you know, encourage people to subscribe to our our YouTube channel. Uh, those of you who who, who share podcasts, the videos, all that stuff. I mean, um, you know, even the memes. I, I post quite a few, you know, some commentary on on Facebook from time to time, and even on uh, Instagram. even on Twitter so those of you who see this stuff you know by all means put it out there as I said in the beginning of the show we do have a YouTube channel we not only post this show and the show that i do in new york on the youtube channel we post our short our short form videos uh the latest of which is the uh we are not your mascots um hasn't gotten the uh the views that i thought it would i mean consider we got 600 subscribers to our youtube channel we don't have 600 views to the video so um you know i encourage people to, to, to spread the word the the only way people see this stuff is is when you share it and, you know, so whether it's through Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever the social media platform that you use, um, help us get the word out. Because, look, we can be effective. I mean, the mascot is, issue is, is a perfect example. We are winning that battle, if you want to view it that way. More and more schools every day, you know, are getting rid of native mascots. Not just the, the R word, not just the, the worst n- names, but all of them we have there's states there's counties there's townships that are that are even legislating against this stuff so we're kind of we're kind of winning that fight, but we won't win it if we don't if we don't spread the word so I encourage you to do so all right uh, a couple things let me you know, go get get back to what I was talking about first off um uh the the podcast that that jed Morey is now involved in is called Newsbeat and you can find it and it, and it uh i was drawing a blank when I was trying to think of it earlier. Jake looked it up during the break but but uh check out newsbeat um uh, you know they don't do the i don't think long Island press even exists anymore but but jed Moore is still producing content and um and newsbeat is is a podcast associated with some of his work um The other thing I wanted to mention i want to be want to be clear i'm not a holocaust denier i'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from celebrating or acknowledging the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. It's interesting that, um, that Jed in his piece talks about the United States, you know, feeling guilty for not, uh, intervening with, with Rwanda. May I remind people that the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz came at the hands of the Russians, the Russians went in and liberated Auschwitz. It wasn't the United States, it wasn't the, the, the allied forces, it wasn't the good guys. <laughs> no, it was the other guys, <laughs> the Cold War you know, enemy that, or that would come after the World War II. The Russians liberated. In fact, much of what took place in terms of the Holocaust took place because too many countries, including the United States, were, were just ignoring Germany. I mean, there was pretty good indication there was something, uh, a foul going on there. But, you know, and the other thing that comes out of, out of, you know, out of World War II is, is the Nuremberg trials and this whole idea of coming up with you know, a set of a code uh, laws that would be considered war crimes. Now keep in mind, the United States did some pretty heinous things here, including dropping two nuclear weapons on an island country, Japan. I don't think the only war crimes that took place in World War II was uh, uh you know were committed by by the Nazis. I you know but you know that gets that gets you know kind of glossed over. And of course you know when I talk about the the Roma people they didn't get the reparations that that the Jewish people got. They didn't get the acknowledgment that they got. Why? Because they were being persecuted long before the Nazis. You know, many of these European, uh, this, this nationalism that everybody so, you know, is, is so is is being identified with in so many places, including the United States and, and across Europe, that nationalism created incredibly prejudiced and discriminatory and racist practices against the the Roma people long before the Nazis started, uh you know, murdering them. So sometimes this stuff has to be put in its proper pers- perspective, and and of course i i'm not trying to just ride on this the 75th anniversary i just don't think you can talk about celebrating or you know acknowledging so people never forget the horrors of a genocide while you're going to ignore one that is still continuous over 500 years old and and, uh, perpetual genocide and granted I mean, we got pictures. We got pictures of the of mass graves. You know, native people being dumped in holes that looks a lot like the pictures you get out of uh, out of Auschwitz and other places. We, no, there there are plenty of images, including extremely cruel things that were done to to native people, including sterilization. I mean, a lot of times people talk about you know the experiments that were done to uh, you know to you know to the people uh, by by the Nazis. You know, Native people, I mean, some of these places were saying, let the the Native people eat grass. I mean, the starvation and the deprivation that Native people went through on a massive scale is, again, part of that genocide. And that's not even, nobody teaches that. Nobody teaches about the Osage murders. And if that was happening to the Osage because they had money, I mean this and, and, and for those of you who don't know, the Osage were, were among the richest people in the, in, in the world actually, in 1920, because the land that they were forced to, to, to relocate to and, and, and purchased, they purchased the mineral rights too. And there was huge uh, oil reserves in the ground. So those oil reserves, even though they were getting crap for royalties I mean, they, there was so much oil there that these people were, were, were insanely rich. And white people were exploiting them left and right. Exploiting to the point that white men would find a Native woman that they would try to seduce to the point. For one thing, first off, the federal government said, Native people are too ignorant to manage their own money. So we're going to appoint guardians. Now some of these guardians would would actually use their control over the Osage money, the money of these Osage people, to get in with these women, to, to ask them to marry them. Have children with them, then kill them. And this was the thing. This was this was not just a few serial killers. This was a, a broad-based cultural conspiracy white people had against the, uh, against the Osage. I mean, it's an incredible story. And if you read Killers of the Flower Moon by David Grant, it'll give you some insight to it. But it's, that's only that one rep- author's view of it. There are many, there, there are a lot of horror stories associated with, with what the Osage went through. And if they could be killed for money, you already know that their lives didn't have value. And there's no example in history of a greater premeditation to murder than the idea that you're going to marry a woman, have children with the, with that woman, and then kill her. So you actually gain control, even though you're a white man and you can't own the head rights because your children in our osage you get to control that uh, those uh, until those those kids are uh, until the kids are adults so you want to kill that woman while she while those kids are little so you can have control of that money for a longer period of time and they had everybody from the, the you know the 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 coroner the dentist the doctor the the funeral mortician you know every lawyer every general store manager they all were in on this thing the police they were all in on it. And they were killing these people by poison, by, uh, by gunshot, by uh, burning. A few places they even blew the houses up. And of course, some people just turned up missing. But the, the, the amount of, of death that the Osage saw simply because they had wealth. That wealth didn't buy them security it made them it made them vulnerable and and again so if you know that took place in 1920 you can imagine how those lives were taken because they had value imagine how meaningless a life that did had that had no value to it that's the way native people were viewed and Today, if you go to some of the major cities that have a native population of ho- a homeless native population, and I'm not just on the continent; you can go out to Hawaii too, and look at how my my friend Donald Van Boyle just uh, she went to Hawaii and she came back. She goes, she could not believe how white people spoke of the native Hawaiian people there, and and just the the opinion that these white people who own these own businesses, right? They owned the bed and breakfast. They owned some of these uh, these um travel companies that had hawaiian people hired and says all oh, those people are useless just calling you know just calling the people down the the amount of racism that exists today is the reason the genocide continues because if if you don't value a life then you don't bat an eyelash about the death and that's why brown kids can be put in cages that's why Native people can die at a higher rate by uh, at the hands of police officers or in uh, prisons or whatever else than any other people. Because just like L. Frank Baum said, our, our, we were, our lives are miserable. We are better off dead. That's literally what Americans thought. And many still think. I mean, look, you go on Facebook and you see these people post, oh, you, you're a conquered people, get over it. You know, we gave you the Bible, get over it. The the I mean the absolute vitriol in the in the voices and in the in the writings of some people today, calling down any native person who ever stands up, get over it. That was my shirt. Get over it. But never forget the Holocaust. The Jewish Holocaust. Never forget 911. Never forget <laughs> all these statues across the south with these with all these um uh Confederate soldiers. I mean Texas still has a holiday they celebrate for the enemies of the United States, of the country. I mean these guys, I mean let's be honest. Regardless of you know of anything else, that was treason where nobody was ever prosecuted. Now you'll listen to people talk about terrorism and treason and everything else You got Donald Trump suggesting that, that, you know, Democrats are committing treason as he's, you know, hanging out with white supremacists. No, I I think, but I want to be clear here. I am not a Holocaust denier. I, I fully acknowledge what took place you know in terms of especially the, the these gas chambers and you know what what the nazis did to the to the to the jewish people and to the um the roma people and other people there there are others too i mean in in the, the and the idea that hitler actually got some of his ideas from how native people were treated by the by the united states it's not a coincidence there's a direct connection there and he wrote about it in mine camp in his uh in his uh, in his book and again same quotes nits make lice that's you know that that was colonel Sh- or general shivington you know general uh, sheridan uh, the only good indians a dead indian and then you get guys like um al frank Baum who said not only are the only good indians dead indians what he what he was actually saying is whatever good indians they were they are now dead he didn't say that we they were good because they were dead he's saying all oh, the good ones died and all the ones that are left should be killed because he literally suggested that the living breathing just us the living breathing native people are ruining the image that they created of us which is what the mascot people believe I mean, they'll say, well, no, we have a mascot to honor Native people. They, they know they're not honoring us. They know they're not. And they'll say it. No, well, we're not talking about you. I mean, well, there's one guy say, no, when we say Redskins, we don't mean just general Native people. We meant those warriors. That's who we're honoring. You're not them. You're, you're not them. You're not the Native people we're honoring. We're honoring Native people who don't live anymore, who don't exist anymore. That's that's really what the what the whole mascot thing is. They're not they they want to draw some distinction. They they believe like Al Frank Baum does did that we are, you know, that our lives are, are are a travesty. That's not who who they're trying to they're not emulating us. They want to emulate some image they created of us. A false image of that. So no, I think it's like I said the biggest problem that we have today is that the genocide that continues, we've got some of our own people involved in it. We've got some of our own people involved in, in perpetuating the assimilation process and, and, the, and the protocols that the United States put in place. Conditioning us to be Americans. You know, trying to lure us in with enhanced tribal cards where we list that we're either an American or a Canadian. Registering for the draft at uh, at age eighteen because they were we were told we had to. Nobody's putting up the resistance. That, I mean, look, I, you know, I did a show a few weeks back where I, where I talked about you know, idle no more, and or idle too much. I acknowledge that there are some there are some strong acti- uh, uh, activists out there. There are some strong not just protesting, not just waving signs, but there are people doing stuff. But there's not enough of us. We have more people who are selling us out every single day than that are standing up. We have more sellouts than, than, than activists. Because the sellouts don't have to do anything that brash. I mean, they've, they've got the entire force of the United States and, the, and every individual state. They, they've got the political system. They've got the educational system. They've got everything, the law behind them. Everybody who's trying to assimilate us, native or non-native, the all the Fed wreckers out in Hawaii. There are more people that are um, trying to capitalize on our assimilation than are than are standing up against it. Now, I don't say that because I think I'm saying that I'm not saying we're losing. I think resistance is only a couple of decades old. I mean, it's only been it's actually it's only been the since the 70s that the sovereignty movement has uh you know has gained any momentum am i disappointed that we aren't farther along today oh absolutely i am but i you know every once in a while you come across an individual that that kind of takes you know takes it and runs with it a little bit and encourages a few people and and i'll and i'll admit i mean i'm not i'm not saying this to, to, to you know artificially prop up native women but I see some more more strength coming out of Native women than I see coming out of Native men. I see a lot of men out there who want to be tough guys and want to say, "Oh, I, I'm a warrior or I'm this," and they got all the tattoos and everything else and, and to sort of prove how how you know dedicated they are for the cause. But in terms of real activism, people who are willing to actually do something, I'm seeing a lot more of that, of that out of out of women, and not just you know Native women on the here. I mean throughout the world i mean so whether you're talking about australia or africa or um you know, you know again the south pacific uh, uh hawaii i'm seeing a lot of strong activism you know and and it's not to i'm not saying this to call down men i think men have been at it for a while and there's a lot of burnout that comes in but we should be encouraged by uh, by our women who, who want to step up <clears throat> and but it also shouldn't turn into a gender battle either I don't want people, you know, I see a lot of people saying, well, women need to be in charge. Look, we can find example after example of women who've been in charge, whether it's Hillary Clinton as a Secretary of State or Margaret Thatcher or, you know, or, or this woman who's, you know, claiming to be the legitimate president uh, after they, the coup against Evo Morales. Look, there's some pretty shitty women out there too and who, who could screw things up. That's why we have to do it together. We have to do it together so look I wanted to use today you know, it was actually yesterday was the 70, 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz and, um, and it is worth noting and, and, you know, and, I'm, and I'm glad I, you know, I, I, I am glad to use that event to highlight the fact that our genocide still doesn't have an end date to it I, I look forward to someday saying this is the anniversary of the end of the American genocide we ain't got there yet but we still have to so again it's work that we need to do hey look i want to spend a few minutes i want to remind people that um uh our shows are podcasts you can find it on all your podcasts your favorite podcast platforms um if you want to know how to find us look you can put in a google search just just look up let's talk native with john kane podcast you can ask alexa to do it I mean, or Siri, or whoever you, you whoever you need to talk to. If you if, if you can't type and you want to talk to your machine, then then just ask for a "Let's Talk Native" with John Cain podcast. Those podcasts will include my shows from uh, from New York as well. Now, you go to our YouTube channel, you can find our videos, videos of this show, videos of the show in New York, and, uh, our short form videos. And, and of course, you know, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on, you know, our, our Facebook group page, which is Let's Talk Native. Uh, or my other page out of, uh, New York, which is Let's Talk with John Cain on WBAI. Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and, uh, and, and then you'll, you'll, you'll get the stuff that, that, it's hard because I don't want to do everything on every platform. So some things, you know, get shared and some things don't. I, I want to rely on you. I wish that I never had to share anything. I wish that I'd, I'd get enough people enlisted in what we're doing to to take the ball. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm really appreciative of my wife. She shares the, the Facebook live stream of this show on, you know, I don't know, 30, you know, 30 Facebook group pages. But the more of you that do that, that 's that it spreads geometrically the, the more viewers and listeners and uh, that you know that that catch this show and appreciate what i 'm doing here, even if you don 't agree with me and I say got to say this all the time. I want to hear the disagreement. One of the best parts of doing my show in New York is that i I can take callers in from all over the world and they call in and some of them call me out, some of them uh, you know want to go head to head with me on a subject like racism, and others just want to offer their insights that that kind of support something that i may have said but we get a full range of it all so that's what we do and that's why we do this show that's why we do the new york show and that's why we do the video so um i ask you the listener the viewer the 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 group members whatever the subscribers um it isn't a um a spectator sport i'm asking you to view but i'm asking you to do as well so please um help share what we're doing here help spread the word and you know what? Most importantly, when you hear a conversation on this show or, you know, a guest or, or something that we've done here, a topic, have a conversation. Take the conversation you hear here and take it out there. Have, you know, talk to your family, talk to your friends, even if you don't agree with it. Say, you know, I heard this thing and then talk about it. That's how the conversation continues. That's my ask. This is John Cain. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.